0: So from starting from chapter twenty-seven, verse one to ten, Moses um, is now getting ready for them to commemorate them their entrance into Canaan. And so when they enter into Canaan, what do you have to do? You have to go to Mount Ebal and raise up a commemoration. Right? And so, so see in verse 2, And on that day you cross over the Jordan to the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall set up large stones and plaster them with plaster. So the reason why you plaster it is so that you can uh, inscribe onto them, right? And, you know, these memorial stones were established by the Gentiles. Like uh, all the nations would do it, right? Like you could see stele. For example, even in China, um, also you know, in various African cultures, you know, the, these nations would rise up, would, would raise up steles to commemorate great events, and so it's kind of like that, like, and so, uh, put up stones, and then so, uh, spiritually speaking, these plasters is like, covering over this rocks with grace, and so this is the establishment of the of the word of God, and this in verse four, you see. And when you have crossed over the Jordan, you shall set up these stones concerning which I command you on Mount Ebal, and you shall plaster them with plaster. And so look, his focus here is on Mount Ebal, right? What's interesting is is that Gerizim was the mountain of blessing, and yet why is the emphasis on Mount Ebal, right? You put these commemoration stones on Mount Ebal, you put the altar in Mount Ebal. Uh, it's because you need to understand that the Canaanites has been finished, right? That the judgment is over. And so that's why the emphasis is there. Who has the right to judge? It is the king. And so what we, they need to understand is that the curse has been cut off. And because the curse has been cut off, why? Because they are kings. They have the right to judge. And so the reason why they lose sight of this is because they lose sight of who they are. When they lose sight of their kingship, they lose sight of their identity, that's when they fall to this curse. And so because they lose sight of who they are, they fall into wickedness, they fall into iniquity. And so Mount Ebal is a symbolization that this curse has been cut. And that symbolizes that Israel has become king, that no one can judge them, that no one can condemn them. And so... So what does that mean? That means that the curse of this world, the, the poverty of this world, the famine of this world has no right over me, has no hold over me. That's what you need to believe. If you believe in who you are, this is what you would believe. But if you don't believe that, then you would continue to live by the fact that I am a slave, that I need to beg of Babylon to keep earning things. And as we saw from Mount Gerizim yesterday... Right, I established Mount Gerizim, and Mount Ebal is before you. And so, what are what are you going to live by? Are you going to live by a king, or are you going to live as a slave? <coughs> and so no matter how fancy you may live on this earth, if you're living by Babylon, you are no better than a slave. And so we are no longer slaves, right? We are kings and so we need to live by the kingdom of heaven. Amen? This is what I clearly stated in the young adult conference. That, hey, you're not going to come to this conference? Then don't go to this church. What does this mean? You cannot move Babylon an inch? Then how can you say that you're a church member? How can you say that you're a king? If you're constantly being subservient to Babylon, what what can you say to this at the very least you should be able to resist and say no and say that this is my standard and so that's why i said to the young adults acknowledge who you are and come to this conference <coughs> that only those who know who they are can have this victory at the end those who confirm their identity at the end that th- those are the ones who will stand for so let's continue Uh, And so uh, on Mount Ebal, you said that. And then so verse 5, And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. And you shall wield no iron tool on them. And so yesterday, as we were talking about the law, What was the focus of that law is that it should not smell like the Gentiles. It should not have any kind of taint of the Gentiles on it. That there should be no taint on their clothes, on their actions, on their food. And so what that is God's will, that God does not want Israel to imitate or have any taint of the Gentiles on them at all. And so what I'm grateful for our church is that we do not follow trends. Now, I do know that you do have some taint, but... But you do not fall that follow the trends. So the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of heaven. Babylon is a toxic it's it's poison. So we need to separate ourselves from Babylon. That 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 Babylon cannot be here that if Babylon is there then that will cause the ruin of Israel the reason is because is because Babylon is not just a little bit different but Babylon is completely opposite if God is pleased the Babylon will hate it if Babylon is pleased God will hate it there is no common ground there is nothing that pleases both and so as long as you understand this and acknowledge this Spiritual discernment becomes very basic It's because the kingdom of heaven is not moving through you That you're unable to discern the spirits So how easy is it? If God is pleased, the world is displeased If the world is displeased, God is pleased This must be clear And so you should not have that kind of conflict Will this please God? Will this please God? And it shouldn't be ambiguous to you it needs to be clear. It needs to be clear. <coughs> the world needs to have in order to be peace. But what about the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is to keep letting it go. Keep letting it go. Because you're the king, you keep letting it go. And so even from their methods of how they live is completely different. They cannot be the same. And so if you live by the kingdom of heaven as you keep building this up building this up it needs to get ingrained into your body it needs to get ingrained into you right the kingdom the king is not about possession the king is about embracing it's about it's about unleashing right constantly having mercy mercy and mercy And so even here we can see that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world are complete opposites. And as long as you acknowledge this fully, then spiritual discernment becomes easy. It becomes a cinch. You may think you may. So what I'm saying is, is that you do not need to be like, oh, my spiritual eyes aren't open. No, it doesn't matter. Your spiritual eyes don't need to be open. It's because you are rejecting the kingdom of heaven. That's why you're unable to discern. If you accept and welcome the kingdom of heaven, then this becomes evident. It becomes clearly evident. This, this, this discernment becomes evident because the kingdom of heaven comes. I can see. It's because the kingdom of heaven is not there. It's because you reject the kingdom of heaven that 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 you delude yourself into thinking that you don't understand that you don't know that you don't know what the problem is what pleases god and so anyways so so this altar was built up and do not put any iron tool on them why because look because look the altars that were established to to idols were very fancy and awesome looking but god doesn't want that he wants this rawness this rawness right just this raw stones the The world is fancy and 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 pretty and 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 tries to make everything look good on the outside, but what is God? God doesn't judge by outer appearances hallelujah right right Yobang church this is something that we need to be so blessed by right right Jonah that God doesn't judge you by your outside appearances that he looks at what's inside because if he judged by what's outside right now <laughs> And so, the uh, outside things, the the fancy things, uh, the, these hu- humanistic things that 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 appeal to your reason and rationality. None of this has anything to do with God. And so that's why he says, just establish rock, just build rocks up. And so, uh, humanism, these kinds of things, these kinds of things have nothing to do. They, Humanism is something that is completely at odds against God. Completely at odds against God. Some of you are really strong in this ideology of humanism, right? Trying to appeal to the rationality of people, right? These kinds of things, right? Appealing to their humanism. Appealing to, to outward appearances. To keeping face. Keeping your, 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 your reputation. But that's not, that's not what, what, what truth is about. truth doesn't try to appeal to the masses doesn't appeal to trying to be acknowledged by people that's not what the truth is about because what does it what why would the king uh, be concerned with the opinion of the sheep, right? No, God alone is king. And does that mean to ignore people? Does that mean to mock people? Does that mean to look down upon people? No, that's not what I'm saying. When you look at God alone, that's when you will truly be able to love people. That's when you will truly be able to embrace people. But if you keep looking to people, keep looking to people, you're looking to yourself. It's about the spirit that's important, spirit. And so think about Nietzsche, right? Nietzsche, why does he say that God is dead? Because he he takes the logic of humanism and when it gets to the end, when it gets to the pinnacle of that conclusion, ultimately that's the only conclusion that he can come to is that God is dead. Right. <laughs> Okay, and so uh, set up this uh, commemoration stone. And then, and then so now he proclaims, and so as you see in verse 10, you shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God, keeping his commandments and his statutes, which I commend you today. And so here, keeping his commandments and his statutes. If you remove this from Deuteronomy, then there's no reason to write uh, chapter. Chapter one through twenty, right? Uh, because, because this is what's continually being repeated: is is to keep, to keep his commandments and his statutes. Why is it continually being repeated? Because of how important this is. That's all Israel has to do: is keep his words, hear his words, and keep it. And remember that all the words of Deuteronomy are kingly commands, right? Right To keep up, to, to commemorate, to, to build up, to keep, to keep. And so when you acknowledge that this is the things of the king, they will not be annihilated. They will not be uh, captured by other nations. Why? Because, because when we rec- accept and receive that we are kings, that 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 the devil uh, that the devil is afraid of us. But when we lose sight of that, that's when the devil can can try to do something. And so, if as long as you have this faith, this uh, this authority cannot be challenged. Who dares challenge it? Especially in these end times, with what. What God's author- how God's authority is going to be manifested it's going to be manifested in, in, in this three dimensional space and time and so that's why even in the midst of tribulation we can always be grateful because of this great authority and power and then so from verse 11 to, to 26 uh, they proclaim what's going to happen or they're going to proclaim we already talked about this earlier, but let's, let's let's go ahead and go over it again. And so Simon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, uh, Joseph, and Benjamin stand on Gerasim. And then uh, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali stand on Mount Ebal. And the Levites start, declare to them in a loud voice. And so in verse 15, Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord, a thing made by the hands of a craftsman, and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. And so what's the first one is don't make anything tainted of the world. Don't let anything smell like the world. Don't don't um don't cut uh what's it called? Don't um don't um, um, look to the world for anything. And so we need to put the world to death. Amen. The Babylon to death inside of us. If Israel holds on to anything like that, they will be destroyed. If they hold on to anything apart from God, then they will be destroyed. All they have to receive is God. And all we have to do is receive God. His greatness, His glory, His scale, His, all the things that we have, all we have to do is acknowledge and receive that. If we turn away from this a little bit, Then God cannot be pleased from you And so Israel By making God be God Allowing God to be God That's when they are truly blessed That's where our happiness is And that's when God's authority And His power is poured out upon us Amen So we need to be able to receive that Amen Yes And so let's read this quickly (coughs) Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother And all the people shall say Amen Amen And so look all of these curses as they're as as they're establishing this altar, as they're building up this altar, what does he say? He's saying to Israel that this curse is no longer upon you. And so as children of the king, as God's people, all you have to do is live under his reign, and as you believe, all these curses would be cut off, but they were unable to receive it. And because they're unable to receive it, they they fail. And when they go into Canaan, they fall in love with the world, the things of this world. And so once again, I proclaim to you, all these curses are proclaimed on Mount Ebal has been cut off from you. Amen. That is your righteousness. As God acknowledges you saying that you have no sin whatsoever. This has nothing to do with you. Amen. These curses have nothing to do with you. When you receive this in faith inside of you, these curses, all of the old self that, that is connected to these curses are being cut down, are being cut down and so you can proclaim to the old self that you have no right to get up you stay trampled under my foot amen that you cannot have any authority over here and so god god has already cut everything down amen And so, there's only one reason why we fall to the old self. It's because of what? Because of unbelief. Because you're unable to believe that the victory is given to you. And because you are not acknowledging that authority and the right that you have. If you believe that, then you would understand that you have control, that you have dominion over all of these things. That all this uh, power and authority of the enemy has been completely cast down. And that... That, that they have been disarmed, then you would not lose. But it's because you do not acknowledge those things because you keep trying to live by your own strength, trying to do something yourself. And that's why this old self keeps uh, rising up in strength. This old self is nothing. It has nothing. It's not because he himself is nothing, but it's because who has saved us? Who is our Savior? Jesus Christ has saved us. And who is Jesus Christ? <laughs> And so we need to completely believe, amen? The devil has nothing, cannot do anything to us, amen? And so you have no power. You have no authority. All this power, all your weapons have been disarmed, amen? And so all of these desires of Babylon that's inside of you, all of those devils that are moving inside of you, you need to disarm them, amen? Just just take them all away. Rip apart all of their rank, Do you believe? Amen. And so that's why he says to the Israelites that all the nations shall fear you. Israelites have no technology, have no power. They're a small nation. And yet why do they, why are the nations tremble in fear? Because God is with them. Because God is with them. As we see in the book of Joshua. Right, as the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud move with Israel, when, when, it, when that falls down upon uh, Jericho, as Israel is moving into the valley of Jericho, how terrified would they be as they see this pillar of cloud, as they see this pillar of cloud and this pillar of fire descend upon the, the earth with them? And what does that symbolize? It symbolizes the the, the glory of the presence of God. And so because the glory of the presence of God is with them, what nation will not fear? And they're all afraid of of Israel. And we have seen this, and, and it's now time for it to be made manifest even more. And so though the remnant may be small in number, they can boldly proclaim victory. Why? Because this glory radiates from them. Amen. And we'll see that glory in, in more more real ways soon. Manna will come to the earth. We'll see the red sea split apart. Amen? Hallelujah. And so look look even right now we, we we minister to the world's transcending space and time how can I trans how can I minister to China as I did yesterday when I'm here right <clears throat> Our God is amazing God amen and so. Cursed be anyone who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say Amen. Again, cursed be anyone who misleads a blind man on the road, and all the people shall say Amen. These are all things you should say Amen as well, right? Cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless in the wilderness, all the people shall say Amen. Cursed be anyone who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's nakedness, and all the people shall say Amen. Cursed be anyone who lies with any kind of animal, and all the people shall say Amen. Amen. And you know what's amazing is that All of these wickednesses are starting to Be manifest even more In this day and age Look at how wicked this day and age is Cursed be anyone who lies with his sister Whether the daughter of his father Or the daughter of his mother And all the people shall say amen and so, even even in Corinth, they were having a hardship because of this. Christ be anyone who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, "Amen." Christ be anyone who strikes down his neighbor in secret, and all the people shall say, "Amen." Christ be anyone who says takes a bribe and shed innocent blood, and all the people shall say, "Amen." Christ be anyone who does not confirm the words of his law by doing them, and all the people shall say, "Amen, amen." And so, as, as all of these things were being proclaimed, I'm Mount Ebal. Amen. And so, look. And so, these these. Treacherous sins. I could not imagine anyone here uh, committing them and yet we need to be humble knowing that it is not up to me what sins I sin. And so if I am living in a self-centered way, sin, could I could commit any one of these sins. You may think that far be it from me. But if we live by the old self, anytime these sins can take over, we, as David said, that my sin is ever before me, we need to always be humble before that. It's, and so, But that doesn't mean that we need to be afraid of sin, but we need to hate sin. We need to detest sin. And so when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we would be filled with the fear of God. And because we are filled with the fear of God, we will not uh, be—we will not compromise with sin. And so because they do not compromise with sin, what can they do? What attitude do they have? They have the attitude of, of repentance, that they can repent. It's when you take sin lightly, that's why you fall into sin easily and you compromise with sin easily. And so you cannot repent deeply. You need to continually uh, be wary of sin, constantly on guard against sin. And if you maintain that possession, that's when you will truly see the path to, to life and be able to repent deeply. <coughs> And so it's important to always live full of the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then whether you try to sin or not, or it's not that's not going to be the problem. It's that you will automatically be wary of sin because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so. And so, when you when you um, are wary towards sin, that's when holes get uh, holes get left in your in your in your vessel. And so, it's only a matter of time uh, for that hole to be torn apart. And so, so that's that's why God wants all of your heart, right? Because because God knows that that this principle. And so, so that's why He needs to reign over your entire heart. And this is not a hard thing. It's an easy thing. All you have to do is believe that He is the only God, that He is the only one in God, because that's how He has created you. And so when it comes to faith, it's not a difficult thing. It's easy. All you have to do is believe that God is one and that He is the only one. Then, why do I re- preach? Because I preach because when you realize that and you know that how you're going to live your life, what kind of blessings are waiting for you, where you are going. And, and so, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you to, to teach you how to make it, right? That's what legalism is. Legalism is that, oh, I need to make this inside of myself. I need to, I need to formulate in this. Oh, I can't live this way. 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 And that's legalism. But I never preached that way, right? I never preached like this. I never said that you have to make this road for yourself. No, just receive God, who is your only God, and that He will make this inside of you. Amen? But because you do not look to God, but you look to the world, that's why that's not happening. And so let's proclaim the blessings of chapter 28. Are you ready? And so if you look at chapter 28, these are all blessings, of prophetic blessings. Of course, it talks about obedience from Israel. But honestly, the only obedience that Israel has to do is to receive the Messiah. Receive the new covenant as, as God's spirit comes upon them. And so Israel ultimately... Fundamentally, they were living in an essence where they could not go close to God, and so it was unfair to them. And yet, what God wanted from them, as He gave them this law, was that at the very least, that they would not be influenced by these polluted uh, sins of of Canaan. Why? Because at the very least, He 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 thought that Israel has seen the glory of God, and so that it would at least. Hold on to God, even though they were they would not be able to do so well, but that they would not pollute themselves and and prostitute themselves to the false idols of Canaan. And so though though Messiah was not there, at the very least, God provided the way for them to be able to keep this word. And above all, God God was reigning over them, and so they should not have fallen so easily. And it's the same thing to us. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, and so how can we be corrupted so easily? It's because we're ignoring the Holy Spirit, ignoring the glory and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so even if you're not super sensitive, even if you just focus on the Holy Spirit a little bit, because of His Holy Spirit inside of you is holy, he's go- you're going to realize how much it pains Him when you sin. How much it pains Him when you are influenced by the world. And so you would not easily fall into those things. You would not easily compromise with those things. And so let's say that you watch a movie. If you were to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, then even though you may watch the movie, there would still be this sense of, not guilt, but this sense of, you know, like like uh, uneasiness. And so, and so when it comes to someone who lives by the Holy Spirit, they will not, it's not easy for them to fall into sin. And so if you find yourself easily falling into sin, it's because either the Holy Spirit's not inside of you or you have completely compartmentalized the Holy Spirit. How can a man who has the Word of God inside of them live by their own thoughts, live by their own will? No, they cannot. Either the Word of God is not inside of them or, or they have completely compartmentalized the Word of God. If you acknowledge the Holy Spirit, you would not live by the world and you could not be pleased with sin. Uh. Because even the worldly people don't live this way. And yet, how can you live worse than the worldly people, right? That's what it's saying. So let's move on to verse 28. Or chapter 28. And in chapter 28, what we need to see is that it's not from the perspective of because you are obedient, I give you these blessings. No. Remember, blessing, this word baraka is this word that of, that already implies submission. It implies a camel on its knees, right? The the knees of the camel on its knees. And so so when we look at chapter 28, we need to see that principle that, that there's submission already, that this blessing is already there. That they are not being blessed for obedience, but they are blessed because they are blessed beings. Why am I blessed wherever I go? Because you are blessed. It's not because you do good works that you are being blessed. So as you look at Deuteronomy 28, this must be clear to us, okay? As we look at uh, Genesis chapter 39, right? We talks about Joseph, right? That God blessed Potiphar on account of Joseph, because Joseph is blessed. Potiphar is blessed through Joseph. It's the same thing to us. And so right, Because we are blessed Blessing follows us right, We are all blessed beings Amen So wherever we go We bless those around us This is the faith that you need to have as you go out So look It's about your identity That's God will be pleased when you believe in who you are that, ah, because I am a king and I am blessed, I bless the people around us, and God will make that come to pass because He is pleased with your faith. It's all about faith. Amen. And so that's the um, perspective that we need to receive, Deuteronomy 28. Amen. Okay, kings. Hallelujah. Yes. Young Church, as we've been doing this faith life, how important have I stressed uh, receiving your identity? It's not because it's my ideology, but this is what the Bible is saying. It's not out of my effort. It's not out of my works. All you have to do is believe in who you are. And when you believe who you are, then I will make that inside of you. That is the principle of God, what God is saying in the Bible. Amen. And so that's why when we receive faith, our self-esteem rises up to the heavens and yet we know that we are completely dependent on him and so we are humble and humble and humble these two things must be clear to, to those who are meeting with God that their nobility rises up to the heavens and yet they are so humble because without God I am nothing this is proof that you are meeting with God Right, and it, it this doesn't apply to some people. There's no exceptions. Uh, all everyone, and so even weapon, yeah. Powerlessness. Why? Why does powerlessness come? Okay, is, is it because you don't have money? Is it because you don't have backing of your father? It's not because your father was a rich man. No, no. Don't 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 lie. Okay, when you live with God, how can you be powerless? You cannot be powerless. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, are you ready for chapter 28? Okay, let us absorb all of these blessings in faith. And then in 27, that, that uh, these curses declared on Mount Ebal has been cut off. Amen? Verse 1. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, again, Shema Israel, being careful to do all his commandments that I command to you today. The and so remember, hearing and keeping is not separate. It's together. That when you have faith, that there was work of faith that follows it. This is something that we've all experienced, Amen. Faith, and so what is true faith? True faith follows works, right? As we see in in, in First Thessalonians, that that the works of faith, that there are works that follow that faith that you have, and so Shema Israel. Again, remember when what what is the important condition for receiving the word of God is to hear the word of God properly. If you hear the word of God properly, then the word of God will move inside of you. Dabar, right? This is the essence of God's word, that when he speaks, there's a action that happens at the same time. And this is the characteristic of the word of God. This is God's essence. And so look, in God's characteristic, there are many things that are important, but but first of all, the fact that His name is Yahweh Means He is who He is That He exists of His own accord What that means is that When He enters into me In that eternal present dense, He's continually leading me in this dynamic In this dynamism So that's why in canon When you look at at, at the uh, at the at the theology of the Canaanites at the time, this 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 uh, the root word for Yahweh is about constant movement. It's this dynamic. It's this movement, right? Right. That, that there's something moving inside of you constantly, right? That's what Yahweh means. That when Yahweh is inside of you, he's dynamically moving inside of you. And so that's why it comes to prayer. It's not. It's not about me doing something, but I. He moves inside of me, and as I pray, it's because your fleshly strength is so strong that 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 for a time it takes you. Uh, there is a time that you need to to willfully pray, to willfully uh, bring up strength to to do that, but. But after a time passes by, as his spirit takes over, it's not because I want to do something, but because he leads me. Because he leads me and because he does it inside of me. That, oh, God wants me to eat the word. Oh, that God wants me to pray. And so I just move according to that. Because his dynamic movement leads me to what I do. Right? It's not because I want to do it. It's not because I'm trying to do it. <laughs> and as you lose your your inner strength you will experience this more and more what is baal baal is a complacent god right and so when the spirit of baal comes inside of you you live by that desire for security why are you unable to pray because baal is in, inside of you what is the principle of this world the principle of this world is all about settling down right when you live when you uh, it's it's about polytheism, right? It's, it's about syncretism It's all looking for security Looking for various ways to see, secure yourself But who is, Bab- or who is Yah- Yahweh? Yahweh is constantly moving Constantly approaching you Constantly entering into you And so it, And so it's about receiving God properly It's not about me doing something And if you have received God properly And so look when you receive God properly, then all of your, your problems of your hurts, your wounds, you know, things that, that you had to receive ministry and constantly doing things. But now if God enters directly into you, it's no longer about all, all these actions of loosening your bindings, like these kinds of things. That God is, but God moves inside of you because it's not about whether I do or not do. Because ultimately, when it comes, in essence, when it comes to meeting with God, it's not about what you do, what you don't do. <laughs> When the Spirit of God enters into you, uh, it just becomes easier and easier to live according to what God does. Because what God is, God is God who gives up, just gives up his time, gives up his resources, gives up his love. He just gives up. And so, it's not about the schedule of Babylon, right? That I need to do this living according to this punctual schedule. No, that's Babylon. And so, look, when I don't go out to um, other, apart from when I don't go out to, what's it called? When I don't go out to ministry, it's I'm basically always in my room. And it may, it may seem like that that I'm living a same life every day. That no, I don't. It's dynamic, right? God leads me. God leads me. And, and you may look at me and be like, Pastor, you don't even have a hobby. How boring would your life be? No, it's not boring. I'm, he's constantly approaching me, constantly moving in this dynamic, and there's new things, new revelation, new, new, new insight, new, new things that He constantly brings inside of me. It's because you do not receive God properly that you do not experience this. Okay, so let's continue. Uh, And all of these... And uh, and the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. This applies to the church as as well. As we saw earlier, what does it mean that uh, set you high above all the nations of the earth? It means that that Israel, as the priestly kings, will be established over the church. It's not because that uh, that set high above doesn't mean that they will have more materials, doesn't mean that they'll be greater or stronger. No, it means that they are set to reign over, right? Because... They are, have been called to be priestly kings. And so what does this mean? It means that God is calling them to live according to priestly kings. And so why are you unable to live that way? It's not because you lack money. It's not because you lack technology. It's not because you lack technique. No, it's because you are being pillaged of your identity by Babylon. And so, of course... When you first believed in Jesus Christ, you know that that authority was given to you, and and maybe there were manifestations of that authority and power, but but for the most part, you have to fight and and, and take it and take lay claim to it, take hold of it. Why? Because the devil is not going to just leave you alone. The devil is not going to just give up his authority alone uh, easily. Uh, And so that's why for the past 24 years it's been difficult. But but you have been tasting it. You have gotten a little taste of it. And now we're coming into the time where it's going to be easy. Where 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 it's easy. And so above all the nations of the earth, what does this mean? It means that I'm going to let you live by your who your identity is over all the nations. Right. Uh, and so this king, as it says in Romans seven, right, that the, the nations is waiting for that king. That king, this is this. Uh, uh, as we saw in Second or First Samuel, right, the promise of David, that the nation, that the world, that creation is rejoices when that king is established. And so, and so, uh, God is, is is preparing for that, for that, for that. Um, king to be established and so this is this is proclamation uh, eschatological proclamation that i will establish the king for the for the end times that that the the king that that brings joy to the world and so god is going to establish his his kings uh, who ha- will have that authority and that time is upon us amen and so it was proclaimed to Israel It was also proclaimed to the early church And many churches failed through, through times And they've fallen away But now a revival is happening And this remnant with this faith Will receive that authority And will reign with God, amen So what is the essence of the church? Whether it was in Colossae, in Rome Whether it was in Thessaloniki What does it mean? That your name is known all over the world That your name is known all over the world And so what is the church? Throughout times, they have influenced the world. Why? Because they are that being. They are the kings. And so whether it's Israel or the church, they have the same essence. How amazing is our God? Amen? How amazing is He? There's no reason to worry. There's no reason to be concerned, right? There's no reason to fear. Amen? Hallelujah. So verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you And overtake you if you obey the voice Of the Lord your God Again this obey the voice of the This is Shema Israel Again here And so again as I And then when it says And all these blessings shall come upon you Remember as I said What is this blessing As it says in Genesis That I will surely bless you And bless you and bless you Uh, 21, 28 right To to fill the earth And subdue the earth it doesn't just mean. It doesn't just mean have many children, but rather have many children with this, uh, with this, um, with this uh, kingly, right, right, right. Um, so, like, uh, to, to multiply kings and adam failed at that but but that's this blessing and this blessing isn't just any blessing but it's the blessing of your identity who you are what kind of being i have made you to be and what is blessing blessing is the word baraka and baraka is 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 that 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 the 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 the, the camel bowing down right and 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 it is said that camels camels only bow down before one master they're very loyal right And so And so because we have bowed down to The king We do not bow down to anything else And so that's why he ge- grants us This blessedness That I will give you blessing To, to subdue, multiply and, 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 and reign over the earth So this Baraka. This blessing isn't the blessing that the world says that, oh, I'm going to give you lots of money. No, rather it's a blessing of your identity. Blessing of confirming your identity. The the authority and power that follows after your authority. That's what blessedness is. And And so when we look at it from this perspective, we are not beings who live because we receive blessing. No, we live because we are a blessing. Amen? Right As Abraham said Abraham, what is his blessing? That those who bless you will be blessed Those who curse you will be cursed Why? Because he is a blessing And so just as he is the ancestor of the Israel He is also our ancestor And so, in the same way That you are blessed beca- or That you bless people because you are a blessing Right. And so like Joseph, whether he goes to Potiphar, Potiphar is blessed on account of Joseph. Pharaoh is also blessed according to Joseph. Even if he goes to prison, that prison is blessed because according to Joseph. And so that is who you are. If you are blessing, you will continue to bless. But if you are cursed, you will bring curse. (coughs) And so. And so look this this Bible it's all about your identity it's about who you are if you do not believe who you are then this blessing has no efficacy And see you need to believe in this amazing identity that you are And I've lived 24 years without doubting in my identity amen And And so at times it feels as if the world revolves around me and when I'm praying like it's as if all creation is moving revolving around me now 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 i mean i know that because i'm with god right? The, but but like i'm just talking about this feeling right this feeling that the world revolves around me as it says in psalms right that that uh that that as he's praising god in his in his temple that all creation the heavenly hosts repraises with him and so, following after him, and so this this feeling, this feeling can come to you. And remember, I'm not speaking arrogance, but when you when you are humbly standing before God and worshiping Him, sometimes He allows His presence to come before you. Yeah. And so look, and so look, uh, because we have received the image of God; we have been created in the image of God. He grants this privilege. It's not because of your excellency. Right. We are not we are right now not higher than the heavens or the the angels, but because we are his heirs, he has granted us this amazing identity. Amen. So let's give all the glory to God right now. And so let's look at these verses of blessings. Verse 3, blessed shall you, shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. And so what does this mean? Because you are a blessing, wherever you go, you, there will be blessing. Whatever you touch, wherever you go, because you are a blessing, blessings will follow after you. Amen? And so because you are blessed beings, that hope is blessed through you. Amen? And so because there's a blessed being here, or even if you go to Ant, there's blessing there. Amen? <coughs> 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 and really because you are blessing wherever you go this blessing follows after you. Amen And so this doesn't mean you have to go to people like oh you're blessed because of me no that, that not, that's not what I'm saying but but just in faith when you live that way that are uh, you realize, that, ah, you are blessed because of me, right? Verse 4 Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb The fruit of your ground And the fruit of your cattle the the increase of your herds And the young of your flock And so look Look, even from Jacob's time When he goes to the house of Laban Um Right, Laban's flocks multiplies even though Jacob was a cheater, a liar and yet because he has that inheritance, because he has that blessing of the firstborn, that blessing follows after him, and so look this is what you need to see, that, that, that it's not about what you do, it's not about your responsibility, but about who you are, this being that you are, and so this blessing follows after you, amen excuse me Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And so why are you victorious? Is it because you're mighty? No, because of this, because you have the authority of the king. So it's all about your identity again. It's not because you are powerful. That's not what God is saying here that I'm going to make you into a powerful nation. No, I'm not making you into a mighty nation because of your strength. No. No because you have this kingly authority and so it's about your identity blessing again you need to see the blessing of your identity not blessing that oh I'm that oh I keep his commandments and so I'm blessed in this way no 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 verse 8 the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake and he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. There's no explanation needed here. Just receive it. Amen. Receive it. Receive it. That the Lord will bless you. Hallelujah. Right? That your children will be blessed. Right? And that, that this blessing will flow down to your descendants, amen. Receive it, receive it. All those all those doors that Babylon has shut, let them be fling wide open. Fling them wide open, amen. Verse 9 The Lord will establish you As a people holy to himself As he has sworn to you If you keep the commandments Of the Lord your God And walk in his ways And so again Because now Their their, their, their obedience Has been ingrained Into their body Once it's ingrained Into their body What happens is that They are not Just any chosen people But So as we said earlier With Romans right That, that you are nominally Righteous But now you become Practically righteous This is the same Principle at play here That That they are no longer Just nominally Set apart and holy But that, that That has been ingrained Into their body This Sanctified life Sanctified power Sanctified authority Is now So ingrained into them That they are now Completely new being And so when you believe In Jesus Christ Deeper and deeper And so look, Look at me Wherever I go I'm not treated as just any other man Even when I go out into the world Right It's not because they know who I am It's not because It's not because Like something like that But because God's presence is in me And follows with me And so Right Because Because I have this uh, ca- This character Character um, relationship with God Regarding my, his nobility And his, his honor And dignity inside of me Now this doesn't mean That I'm, I'm getting treated well Everywhere I go That's not what I'm talking about but What I'm talking about Is that Is that As it's being characterized Inside of me People aren't just going To come up to me And look And, and do whatever they want Like automatically Like uh, Oh this word is kind of Hard to translate But anyways The way God treats you. Look at numbers. Right in numbers, we see that Moses is the one who sins, and yet who is the one who is punished? It's Moses and Mir- not Moses, Aaron and Miriam. <coughs> and and so, what is this talking about? It's talking about this relationship that. That um, that acknowledges one another, right? That that I know your name, I know you by name. And so, the Lord will, um, as a people holy to Himself, as He's sworn to you. And so, again, this is not something that you need to make of yourself, but rather. That, that, that this is the time where God starts to um, see you face to face So what does it mean? Holy people Holy me- people means that they are sanctified Set apart from the world And the world will acknowledge that But honestly, what sets us apart from the world, right? What, what is different? But through God's righteousness And His holiness and His nobility is evident now Right, that 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 as God treats you set apart from this world, He treats you in a different way. The world will see that, and we'll see that in verse 10. And so look. And this is the most important blessing of all these blessings. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And so all the peoples of the earth shall be afraid of you. Why? Because They are called by the name of the Lord And so name of the Lord Right Shem The name The word name Shem Is really important And then kara This called Right this kara word Is 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 again uh, a, a, a regnal word It's a royal word And so when it says that you are called by his name It's saying that you are God's property And so we'll see this in Exodus Exodus chapter 33 So let's turn to this because it's this really important Exodus 33 And so when we live by this word God gives you this this dignity He pours out this dignity and this honor upon you This privilege upon you and so that, that that this doesn't just apply to your head pastor, but it, that 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 you also would be acknowledged. I'm not saying that that you are setting yourself up. No, it's about your relationship with God. It's a relationship with God. So Exodus 33, after the bronze, after the golden calves, verse 11, at the second half. Uh, No, verse 12 Yet you have said, I know you by name And so this, I know you by name is talking about How how that he knows Moses at a personal level A personal level where there is no secrets That everything Moses has, he acknowledges He acknowledges the way he speaks He acknowledges the way he ministers He's acknowledging everything of Moses this is talking about the intimacy that God has with Moses and so now as this time has passed by that that, that as Moses spent this time wrestling with God that as he's living being meek and meek that, that God acknowledges everything of Moses and so it's talking about intimacy this is talking about the, this is amazing privilege it's amazing glory and this is the taste of that glory that we need to we need to taste and so as we go deeper and deeper into relationship with God God starts to acknowledge um, everything about you right and and um, So let's say I'm to go to South America. Then his name follows after me and acknowledges me. And and so that seals it, right? That Neil seal, that name seals everything that I do. So this is testifying to his intimacy. This intimacy is what, what needs to also apply to you. That when you pray, that God doesn't take your prayer lightly. That when you have this personal intimacy with God. So it's like this. That when I pray and and if God doesn't answer, then I need to be convinced. I need to be persuaded by God. That why, why is he not answering? This is my relationship with God. That, <coughs> that let's say <coughs> he just ignores my prayer and doesn't say anything. Then, 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 then that is a problem. But so either he answers my prayer or he tells, explains to me why. And so let's say that some kind of famine came upon us. Then he needs to explain to me why, why that that famine is there. So let's say I minister and and it didn't, it didn't succeed. Then God explains to me why. This is the intimacy that I have with God. And so. And so in the Old Testament era God treated Moses this way Because he was, because he was so Above all the people of, the, of Israel But what about the New Testament? New Testament is, is that, that The new covenant is upon you And so you have the right to To draw near to the throne of grace And so every single one of us Need to receive the glory of his name And so Living this intimately with God isn't just shouldn't just apply to me, but it applies to all of you. This is the greatness of the New Testament era. That that everything that Jesus Christ has done, the, the door that he opened up is, is is that he's giving you the name of the Son of God for free. And that name itself is king, that name itself is kingly authority. Right? Look at how great this name is. The devil flees at the sight of that name, and that name is given to you. And so that's what he's talking about here. And so this intimacy, the moment we received his name as uh, a savior and we, we continue to live there, then you would have this intimacy. And so this is why we need to repent, because if we were to live that way, we would have this intimacy. But and so remember, why is he telling you to repent? Why is he calling you to repent? It's not because of failing to do something that's impossible for you to do. But rather That you did not do What what was made available to you (coughs) When you look at these things You should not be like Oh wow this is an amazing person No you are the same Your prayer Your ministry You should not look down Upon those things But the reason why you look down upon them is because you do not have that intimate relationship with God. And so verse 19. I think Exodus 33, 19 then. 1919, yeah And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you And will proclaim before you my name, the Lord And so again, this word proclaim here is the word kara that, That I will proclaim And so that you will call upon my name And so that wherever Moses moves That his name is proclaimed That whatever Moses does is sealed by the name of of God. That his name, as we see, for example, it's like this. That when the king passes through, right, the pawns before him says that, um, Hail the king, hail the king. Right? and It's the same thing, right that when you move according to the authority of, of of his kingly thing, right the make way, make way because the king is passing by. And so again this intimacy, this intimacy that we're talking about when Moses moves, the name and the glory of the uh, the, the glory and the majesty of his name moves with him. and so so this is the relationship, the Kara relationship, the relationship of being called, the relationship of calling upon his name and so, Look, during the time of Moses, it's because of Moses' greatness that this privilege was given to him. But what about this era? This era that you live upon him because of his sacrifice that his son has made, that glory of his name has been given to you. His spirit is inside of you. You are a priestly king. The name of his, his, the, his glorious name is upon the church. And so it's all given to you. And so as children of God, All this power, authority, and majesty Needs to be evident in your life And so when we pray Look, even with this one act of prayer When you pray All the intimacy of God Needs to respond to your prayer, right? And in your prayer When His name is proclaimed Can devil uh, dare touch your prayer? Can the devil cover over your prayer? And so this needs to always move in your faith life. The power of of God's name and the intimacy of God's name. And so in the time of Moses, it was only a privilege to Moses. But now in the New Testament era, this is no longer extraordinary, but ordinary. And so let's go back to Deuteronomy. And so do you believe do you believe that this authority and the majesty of his name is falling after you believe in your your dignity believe in your glory And so like the, like the prophecy of Zephaniah that you are honored above the above the nations and in this end times, that time is coming upon you. And so it's not just to the eschatology, but even now, even now, this authority and power is, is evident to you. Amen. Even the devil cannot move just however he wants, can he? And so you need to receive these things, both of these things, the amazing intimacy that God has opened up to you. Why do you have this intimacy? Because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. He has paid every single price and he has already poured out this uh, kingly authority upon you. And so that's why unbelief is so dangerous because unbelief makes you unable to see this, unable to hold this. And that's why you get lost in Babylon. That's why you get lost in 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 in, in the things. And so this power and authority, you need to believe that you have it. Amen. That wherever you move that the glory of his name is moving upon you, that it has been proclaimed wherever you go. Amen. Amen. Make way for the king. Make way for the king. <coughs> 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 and so, brothers, your prayer really needs to change. Amen. How can not? How can the gates of heaven not be open? And so, moving, moving on. Verse, verse eleven. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground within the land of the Lord you your swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens. And so because of who you are, the heavens are open to you. Right? And so uh, heavens, uh, because the heavens is open, the treasury in that heavens is open to you. And so both of these things are open to you. It's not just the heavens opening up, but the treasury also needs to open up. Right? Same thing, right? The palace, though the palace may open, doesn't mean that the treasury is open. But we can open both. Why? Because we are sons. And so heavens open up. And then when we pray, the heavens open up. And at the same time, the treasury opens up as well. And from that treasury, his gifts are poured out upon you. Amen. Have you ever entered into the treasury of God? Have you? Have you? And so opening up the gates of heaven is obvious and and so, this key to open the treasury, right? That that is that is the church. What does it say in Peter? Or what did what did Jesus say to Peter, that I give you the keys to heaven? That is what it means to be the church. That we have the keys to heaven. And so, what is prayer? Prayer is not taking what I need, but rather is is re- being uh, receiving the permission of all the. Uh, All the riches of heaven And so look My life is not about my works But it's about who can Avail himself to the riches of heaven And so because Daniel knows this Daniel didn't live by the authority of Babylon But lived by the authority of heaven Lived from the perspective of heaven Because this is more easier And so from the perspective of Daniel Daniel, he was the prime minister of Babylon. And so he, how much authority does he have? He, could, he has the authority to, to, to adjust things, to make, to make laws according to... to, to, to put uh, laws into place that, that could help him. But, but he, that, that is harder for him. All he has to do is open up the gates of heaven. That was much more easier than making laws and, and trying to fight Legally. But look at you. you 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 want to try to move by people Move by the world Trying to uh, appeal to people uh, Persuade people This may be more comfortable for you But that is a beggar, right? That is a beggar It's not about It's not about And there's other people Other kinds of people Who don't try to appeal to people Just appeal to God How much easier is that? And so you know my character. I do not appeal to people. I do not try to persuade people. Have you ever seen me try to persuade you? Have you ever seen me try to explain to you, persuade you? No, I just give it to God and, 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 and lift it up to God. But why do you live like a beggar, trying to appeal to this person, bringing that person, making compromising with this person? But that's the life of a beggar, right? That Oh, let's gather this person and, and get that person. And let's go over here and beg over here. And maybe we can get more if we go in a group. No, but look at Babylon. Babylon doesn't compromise with Babylon. Even though he's in the middle of Babylon, he doesn't need to, 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 to deal with Babylon. And so... And so if you could not live that kind of life, then I then there's no reason to blame. But who are we? We are beings who know the name of God. That, 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 that God knows us and we, and, and we have this authority. Amen? Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, I will send us uh, to give rain to your land in a season and to bless all the works of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Why do they not borrow? Because they are kings. Because kings, what do kings do? Kings give out. Kings give out. They give out and give out. Why do we give out? Because we're rich? No, because we are kings. We do not borrow because we are kings. Amen. There's no reason for us to borrow. Ever since the beginning, I've never had borrowed, I've never received. If I gave, I gave. That if someone was to give, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't need. I don't need. <coughs> And so, in 2 Corinthians 6, what does Paul say? Paul makes this confession because he knows who he is as a priestly king, right? If you look at Second 2 uh, Corinthians, right? This amazing uh, conf, uh, uh, proclamation. 2 Corinthians 6. This is something that I love to read, right? Because we are kings, right? Right? Uh, It's not 2 Corinthians 6. Where's this? 9. Huh? nine. S- okay. 2 Corinthians 9. Oh, 9, 2 uh,
1: Corinthians
0: 6, 9. 6, six 9. Yeah. Uh, we are. Tr- uh, uh, we as unknown and yet well known as dying and behold we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. amen. And so amen. And so this amazing uh, proclamation. And so let's go back uh, chapter 40 or uh, verse 49. wait what already 49? No, sorry. I I guess I wanted to end quickly. Verse 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. (laughs) And so this is all about being priestly kings. It's not like, oh, that you're stronger and they are weaker, that you are the master and they are the slave. No, it's about your identity, your identity, that that all creation moves according to the church. This It just happens naturally, automatically. And so if you receive this identity, then you will not try to live by Babylon. You will not compromise with Babylon. You may think that that would be a temptation, but it's not a temptation because you know your dignity. You know your dignity. You do not live by Babylon. Do not do not sell your birthright for a bowl for a bowl of soup. It's the same thing like Esau. Esau's entire life was ruined because he because of one bowl of porridge. And so And so this is the life that we need to live, where, where 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 it's where where it may seem harder at first, but but when God moves according to when God moves through you, right? That uh, that that you'll see His riches. Um, One moment it's not about uh, being self-centered like right like, right like, like, you're 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 raising your children well. Uh, well how are you going to live successfully on this earth no th- I mean that's that's not the point of the Bible if if that's what you want then then you know what go you don't need to be here go go to a church that teaches you those kinds of things what is the church supposed to actually teach you it's supposed to teach you how to reign how to have dominion not about how to Raise your children successfully Not how to uh, Be successful on this earth If you need that Then all you need to do Is get education on, on how to raise your children Right But That's not the church So verse 14 And if you do not Turn aside from the, Any of the words That I commend you today To the right hand Or to the left To go after other gods To serve them Hallelujah Hallelujah and so, as long as you do not receive the world, world, you will be able to live this way. As long as you do not forget your identity in light of the world, then this will happen. And so, oh, we're in big trouble. I'm, I'm conflicted. Should I continue into curses or not? Should I? Pray? It's, it's really long. There's much to say regarding these curses. And so, first, let's pray and let's end here.
1: Let's pray. We have to pray uh, because uh, we're going to pray for the message of today. And you need to have this intimacy with the Lord's name, as we have said in the message. And we the end this life of poverty, this life of a beggar. And tonight we're going to be talking about the life of a beggar when we talk about the curses for disobedience. Because the life of a beggar is a life where everything is taken away from you. So do not be tricked into thinking that you're not living a life of a, a life of a beggar when you're surrounded by 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 these beggars. Because once, once you're cursed for, for, for disobeying the Lord, that curse is going to be passed on from you to your next generation and to the next generation. But uh, likewise, when, you, when you're blessed by the Lord for obedience, that same blessing is going to flow from you to the next generation as well.
0: And the
1: core belief in Buddhism in the core belief of Buddhism, they don't have a, a principle or a system where if one person is blessed then their whole family is blessed because of that person.
0: But like I said yesterday,
1: the only God that can give us curses and blessings is the one true God whom we serve. And we, uh, we who are His chosen people, we are selected and we are blessed because we are able to serve this great God and if we are obedient towards him then he's going to bless us and bless our children through us this is a special privilege given to the children of God and God is a great God who can can speak both blessings and curses and we have to receive that God as our father and this is very uh, matter of fact and because we are His children, and because we are obedient towards Him, He cannot help but give us His blessings, he give us His glory and His anointing. And we have to respond to these things that He is pouring upon us. And God wants us to proclaim and reveal His name and His majesty to the world. And Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 14, it talks about the blessing of the Lord's children and that God has given us his name and his glory. So Lord, we wanna live by this glory, we're gonna live by the name that you have given to this church. Lord, would you help us to 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 become your perfect children, to be molded in your image? We will be raised as your your royal your your royal kings. Let's pray. Right. even though we have some time remaining is because God wants us God wants me to lay my hands upon you guys and since the message of today is talking about uh, the children of God the children of the royal king God really wants uh, you guys to receive this impartation from him so that's why I'm gonna lay my hands upon you in prayer as I as I pray for you guys, you need to receive the Lord's name, the glory of His name, and the glory of His royal presence upon you guys. And when He when He gives to you, you need to respond to Him and you need to be, you need to uh, restore this intimate relationship with the Lord.